Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is episode 66 of Stands and Fits, recording in the Carl Chevrolet Studios in Ankeny, as always presented by the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. What's up, dude? Hola. Man, it is a gorgeous day outside today. Yeah, it is really nice. Like, we should have podcasted outside if there was an outlet in a convenient spot where we could record. Maybe get a little nice, some nice, like, natural sound yeah. in the background. Some birds chirping. Yeah. Real nice ambiance. That would be great until one of the birds, like, pooped on us or something. <laughs> or we had a goose come up to us in the middle of recording and try to fight us. Yeah, and then it started getting windy, and then people would complain about the wind. And Yeah. 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 Um, all right, so we've got some important news. Some important things to talk about today. A number of important we, things to talk about. We do. Number one. How did the Wheel of Fortune audition go? Um, I thought it went okay. Um, so, yeah, again, my wife and I got to audition as partners. Um, basically, they wheeled... Pat Sajak was not there, was he? No, he was not. Neither was Vanna. Oh. Um, right. They basically escort everyone into the same room, and you get you get a chance or two to call out letters. Yeah. They say, basically want to see how good you are projecting your voice and that kind of stuff. Um, and the first time we got our chance, we had a completely blank puzzle... Um, my wife called an R. There were three R's up there. There were still a ton of letters. And of course, I call T. And there's no T's in this entire nearly blank puzzle. So that was a bummer. But I, I don't think they could have blamed me for guessing a T at that point. Second time we got up, uh, we were lucky. And we kind of got in when a puzzle was almost done. Uh -huh. So she got to call one letter. And then I went ahead and called the last consonant. And then we solved together. So that was good. And then, uh, yeah, then we took a... 16 puzzle written test where you have to try to solve as many as you can mm -hmm. and i think i probably got about half of them um and then at that point we were let go and some people got to stick around and do one more round at that point but that was more of i, I from what i've read that round is more for people that they're on the fence about at that point oh yeah so even though we got let go at that point at that point they have either said yes or no to you and we won't know for another two or three weeks we're supposed to get something in the mail if we make it so wow it was pretty fun. Did we uh, for solving? We got a signed picture of of Vanna White. Wow, that's yeah, that's something. So that's gonna go above the mantle in the fireplace in our new home. If you uh, had to, you know, put a odds on it, do you feel like you had pretty good chance? Um, were, were, did everybody else look like complete nerds? <laughs> no, actually, there was a lot of uh, professional-looking people there, and I, th I think they kind of pick out people that look like they'd look good on TV. Yeah. But I oh, would say I, I don't know. That's you're speaking. It's a very contentious <laughs> or like a very uh, ignorant thing to say. Eh. Well, I, I I think it's true. They they have a type in a way. But anywho, I, I would say that he's just I, out here talking about how good he looks on TV. <laughs> no, no, not not even that. Because they they didn't they didn't cast me. They cast my wife. So oh, if anything, oh, okay, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. If anything, she's the good looking one, and I'm just there for the I'm just the baggage. The you guys are gonna get the thing in the mail, and it'll be like so, yeah. And that's Mrs. Fitz can come, but yeah, leave your ugly ass husband at home. That is possible. They said that even if you do audition as a couple, one of you only might make it. How so. mad would, do you think she'd be mad at you if you got it by yourself? Um, I don't think so. I think Where she, do they tape it at? Uh, they, most of the time it's in Los Angeles. Okay. And you do have to pay your own way there. So that's a bit of a bummer, but you do, obviously if you get on the show, then you get a minimum $1,000. Oh, so okay. it, it kind of covers yeah, the, yeah. the expenses to get out there. Man, so. this is... This is big time. Yeah. Um, I'm not holding my breath at this point. Although, fun story, uh, one of my friends, uh, both of his brothers, or two of his brothers, he has more than two, but two of his brothers auditioned as a pair, and they were there as well. And we thought that they did a good job. So they might end up getting on. 
So if my wife and I don't make it, then hopefully they do. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, I hope you do. You'll have to let us know in a couple of weeks if you get anything and yeah. you do get to go on. I, I will happily share that information if I'm allowed to. Yeah. There might be a... Oh, yeah. They, they tell you it's you have to sign like a non-disclosure there might, there agreement. There might be a, a gag gag order. We'll see. Is it a, is that a live show? Uh, no. They I, I From what I've heard, they tape six shows a day and then it'll air like a month later. Wow. So... This is a, they work hard then. Mm-hmm. Man, I was, I watched this documentary on Netflix this week. It was about, uh, this guy who figured out how to like game the system and Price is Right. Yes. Or oh, wait, 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 Price well, is he Right? Did, yeah. He didn't like game the system, but he like, he watched it so much that he, and he made a s- spreadsheet with uh, all the prices for all the prizes. Yeah. So then he could go to the, go to the show and once he sit got, there and he could yell out the exact prices for things. So once he got on contestants row at that point, he was guaranteed to get on essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. And he, uh, but he only ever got to go on like once. Yeah. Oh, and another one I thought, I thought you were going to mention was that one time a guy had gotten the pattern down for the old show, press your luck. I don't know if you've ever seen that or not. Uh-uh. It's the one where like, no whammies, no whammies. Stop. Oh yeah. 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 He, okay. he, had, he had watched so much of it and gotten everything memorized that he kept on racking up so much money and it was like, they had to redo the show because of him. Yeah. This guy, they, I mean, they said, as long as you're not like reading it off of a piece of paper or something like if you want to sit home and watch the show every day and like memorize this stuff, then more yeah. power to you, you know, exactly. that's just, I guess it is what it is. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I could never imagine like caring that much about a game show. I mean, it, and you, you, even though you care about it that much, it's not like you're guaranteed to get on the show just for caring that much. That's what it. I'm saying. Like he never knew that he was actually going to get on and he still did it for years Yeah. where he, and then he would go like once a year to, to the show to, and hopefully he would get picked. That was one of those situations where he probably just had it on his mind so much that like the universe conspired to work in his favor. Oh yeah. He had to get on eventually. He, yeah. He'd been so many times. Well, and it was, it was funny. They showed all these clips where it was like every year when he would come, they would know who he was and, uh, he'd be sitting there and like Bob Barker knew his name and everything. Oh really? Yeah. And so he, so he was in the audience pool, yeah. but he didn't get down. Right. They, row. right. they just didn't pick him to go actually gotcha. on the show. But then finally one year they did. Hmm. And he, I don't think he like won the showcase or anything. He got beat on the wheel, but gotcha. Uh, yeah. all right. The old part where you can't gain the system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the one part where it's just completely luck. There's yeah. absolutely nothing else that goes involved in, into it. Um, all right, so let's talk about some Iowa State stuff. What all do we have on here? Well, we have the basketball stuff. Yeah, we have the basketball stuff. Which part of the basketball stuff do we want to talk about first? Let's, start with, about- let's start with the bad news. Okay, so uh, came out today, Taylor Horton Tucker was charged and pled guilty to misdemeanor theft. Uh, misdemeanor theft is for value of under $200. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it was about $16 of stuff, uh, and it was – you know, it was discovered after Walmart workers were reviewing surveillance footage of the self-checkout area for another incident, and they found this. And this is back in February. In February, yeah. It was actually February 3rd. On February 2nd, he scored a team-high 15 points in a win over Texas. And then the next, on February 4th, scored 11 points in their huge, big Monday win in Oklahoma. So basically, he was on top of the world in this three-day stretch, and he, you know was like, I'm going a, I'm to a get this $16 worth of items. Well, it almost makes me wonder. I think any, and I don't know. It might have been an accident. Well, that's what I was just going to say. You have no idea. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's gone to the self-checkout before, I think they can, most anyone can 
understand where you could forget to do do that. Yeah, if if you happen to forget to swipe one or two items, then I mean it's just human error. Right, and is and sometimes you might not even catch it until you like get home and you're like, oh crap, oh crap, I didn't I, pay for this. Yeah, I want to say like a few months back, I was going shopping in Hy-Vee and I had four uh, gallon water jugs in the bottom of my cart uh-huh. and going through the checkout line, I just completely forgot about them and I didn't mention them to the cashier. And I, I, by the time I got in the parking lot, I was like, oh crap. And then, yeah. Did you take them? Yeah. I was too embarrassed. The statute of limitations isn't up. Hopefully Ankeny PD is listening. <sighs> Arrest this man. I will give you the $4 right now <laughs> to make up for the losses. See, and that's what it, from what I understand, like he has to pay like six, 1584 in restitution, which is like what I said. I imagine that he probably just made a mistake. Yeah. Un- until, unless, you know, it was unless something- there's further evidence that yeah. he did not make a mistake and the fact that he just pled guilty to it makes me think like, yeah, he probably just messed up and was like, whatever. And I was trying to think of like, if it was the kind of thing where he was embarrassed to buy something like back in the day when they didn't have self checkouts and you had to go through the line and like face the, the judgment of someone in the self checkout or the, in the checkout lane. What were you buying? Well, I'm just saying, like, us growing up, yeah, obviously, if you're going to buy specific items, uh-huh. it's a little embarrassing. Yeah. When you're coming into age. Specific Specific items. items. Uh-huh. I, think, I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. Um, but, yeah, you don't have to deal about that anymore. Practice safe sex, kids. <laughs> what? That's what we were talking about? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's lucky that kids don't have to deal with that now. They can go through the self-checkout lane, man. Yeah. You don't have to talk to a, a human at all or interact with one if you don't want to whenever you go into Walmart. Oh, yeah. If I go into Walmart, man, even if I go into hy V, I I wear my headphones. Yeah. I don't talk to anybody in there. Yeah. I'm just like, everybody leave me alone, please. But, but then you know what's the worst now, too, though? When when people have giant carts of stuff and they go through the self-checkout. Yeah. If you're going through the self-checkout, you pr- like, I would generally say you got to have it a should, sm- like a reasonable amount of things. It should be similar to what the requirements are for the express lane. You could maybe do a little more. You know, yeah. like 15 items. It should be the t- kind of thing where you, if you spend fi- more than five minutes at a self-checkout, that's too long. Yeah. If it's going to take you, like if you were at the a normal checkout lane and you've got the belt and you fill the belt, like, yeah. no, you should not be going through a self-checkout. Just go to the yeah. cashier. Yep. You know, uh, I'm glad that we just got through the self-checkout etiquette. Yeah. But real good topic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, back to basketball. But back to basketball. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'll say too. I cannot imagine that this is going to make that big of an impact. No, I don't. I don't. Especially if it's a, a situation that he can explain where he's like, this is what happened. Yeah. You know, it was a mistake. And all it that it might stuff. be the kind of thing where some people interviewing him at the combine might inquire about it, but it's probably going to be the type of thing where he'll have an easy answer and it'll just be brushed off after that. Right. And he's made the decision not to play in five on five yep. this week in the combine. Yep. Uh, Good move in my opinion. And that doesn't surprise me either. Uh, I think that he really just needed to test and do his, and do well in that stuff, get measured. Agreed. And that's that's his strength, that kind of stuff. is that yeah. he's got the body and the athleticism. Right. And, I mean, what's appealing about him is his youth. Mm-hmm. I would say it's probably better for him to not play and run the risk that you don't play well. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've all seen where Talon can have some days where he can be really awesome and he can have some days where he can be not that awesome. Exactly. And even if he was super awesome in one of those combine games, I don't think it's going to increase his draft stock that much. Right. He's not going to go from being, you know, a 20 from like the 20 to 30 range to all of a sudden he's a lottery pick. Exactly. Like those guys are pretty well set. But if he know? goes like two for nine from the field in one of those games and oh, man, that's I mean, we already had questions about his shooting capability. Exactly. So which is actually kind of a good segue. Uh, the G League Elite Camp was this earlier this week. It went very well for one Cyclone. And it not did not well. go very well for the other Cyclone. While yep. we're on the topic of the bad thing, 
Might as well just talk about that. Lindell did not play very well. No. He scored 11 points in two games on, I think, 5 of 17 shooting. Mm-hmm. So the, the, yeah. the, the, the bad version of Lindell was at the G League, unfortunately. Right. And I don't think anybody anyway expected him to be drafted. Mm-hmm. But he, if he was ever going to even work his way into that position, he's got a, probably got a pretty sizable hole to dig himself out of right now. I, I do wonder if that up until the point where he was playing those games, he thought that he could play himself into the combine. I really wonder about that. I, I do too. I do too. I mean, I don't know. I just can't imagine him coming back. You no, know? I can't either. I think, he, I think even still at this point, he's, he's got his mindset on going to play pro. Right. And, you know, maybe he just had two bad days. It could happen. It was just two games. He played like 35 minutes or something like that. But still, he has not done much right now to, I think, relieve any concerns that anybody would have had about him no. coming out of college. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing he could do is test really well athleticism-wise. But, I mean, do they have, do they even do that at the G League? Camp? I'm sure they do. Okay. Yeah. but he And he'll get to do some – I'm sure he'll still get some workouts, Yeah, you know, where he'll get to go to some different he's, franchises. He's, and he's work already out worked for out for a couple, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm sure he'll get some more. But I don't know. I mean, I just yeah, – I mean, at this point, he's just got to really hope that a team falls in love with him. Yeah. And – you know, he could go to the summer league and play well in the summer league and go to the G League and do well. And, and just he right now, it just is very clear that he's going to have to take the long road to the NBA. He's he's not going to have by any means an easy, easy path. Like yeah. THT's got a pretty good where if he goes in the first round, like you're pretty much set where it's like, you know, that you'll play in the NBA at some point. Yeah. For Lindell at this point, you could see a route where it's like, will he ever play a game in the NBA? Mm-hmm. You know? It's like that. Would that be overly shocking to you if ten years from now someone said, "Yeah, he never played in the NBA"? No, and I, I do worry for his sake that I, c- I could see him five years from now being like, "Oh crap, I should have went back to college." Yeah, and I really hope for for his sake that I that hope that's isn't not what happens. Case. Yeah, yeah, we but want him to go and do well, agreed. but it, it just it feels like it's trending in a bad direction right now. Yep, and I think I think if you would have asked pretty much anyone outside of Lindell's camp they probably would have guessed that this would be the case. Yeah. I I would guess that if you could get people that are coaches or something like that, like, and get them in a relaxed setting mm-hmm. where they're not on the record or something, and you ask them what they thought, I would guess there'd be a lot of them that would probably say he pressured to come back. Yep. Yep. Because he, I mean, again, he's not going to get any more athletic really or anything measurable-wise better yeah. in college, but he could stand, he could have stood to come back and get more consistent. I actually thought he showed less of that as a sophomore than he did as a freshman. And maybe that was some of the, the injury was part of that. Less uh, less explosiveness? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It just didn't seem like we saw quite that same where he's, you know, dunked on the guy at Oklahoma and that kind of thing. And he, he might have been trying to be more consistent and show that he could, you know, yeah. rein it in a little bit. I don't want to crap all over him. I feel like no. that's what I'm doing. But and again, no, just, I, like we're both cheering for him. Yeah, like we I want, want him well. to go and do well because he's a good kid. Yeah. It just it it feels like right now you're it's like reality mm-hmm. is kind of smacking, him, smacking him in the face a little bit, you know, and that happens a lot to these kids. But a lot of those kids are also going to go back to school. Yeah. And like I said, I just don't see that happening for him. Yep. The good news of the G League Elite Camp is Mariel Shayok played well enough to work his way into getting an invite to the NBA Combine. Yeah. Honestly, I would not be surprised if he got taken in the second round. Yeah. I agree. 
I think I, he's the gonna, more and more I hear about it, I think that 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 is possible. He's got some nice length. Uh, we know he can play some defense too, and I think that any team who wants a a second round pick that can come in and contribute pretty fast, yeah, might take a look at. Be it. a role player, yeah. like be a guy who's on the on your bench that. It's like, okay, we know that we can throw him out there. He's going to know what he's doing, and he's capable of making a shot. Agreed. You know, and there's a lot of guys in the NBA that are not capable of even making a shot. So, you yeah. know, and they still figure out. Tony Allen made a 15-year career out of being completely incapable of doing anything offensively, but just being yeah. an absolutely a electric defender. Yeah, and I, I think if, if he wanted to become one, he, he could become a pretty good 3 and D guy in yeah. the NBA. But he obviously, he can do more than just the 3 on offense too, so that's, right. that's a good thing for him. Yeah, I, I, I would not be shocked at all if Mariel ended up getting into an, onto an NBA team and sticking for a while. Mm-hmm. Being like Abdul Nader, you yep, know. Exactly. In that same kind of mode. Honestly, that's a good, really good comparison because I, I, in my opinion, if Nader can stick in the NBA, then surely Shayok can. For sure. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he plays this weekend it was crazy because so this was the first year that they were doing that g league camp and they went into it saying that they were probably going to push through like three to five guys and they pushed like 10 through didn't they yeah they pushed through 10 yeah i I was like man they must have really got through this and we're like man these guys are way better than what we thought we need to see some more of these dudes and that's kind of even more astounding when you think about it that and Mariel was the third one yeah that Lindell didn't get through because I mean if he was expecting that oh it's only gonna be three guys getting yeah. through at the end of this and then they at, they ended up going with 10 right and he wasn't one of those 10 that's even worse you well know? yeah and there's there was 40 guys there yeah so it's like in theory those would be the 10 best of the 40 so tw- tw- I don't I don't know percent of those guys yeah, yeah. unless they there was just some of them they're like okay we've seen enough of this guy we don't need to see him this weekend we know that he's good yeah. you know and maybe that's that it's not these aren't the 10 best it's just that these were the 10 that people thought they needed to see more of because that's how it worked is that they they played all through it and then team executives voted on who they wanted to see yep go into the combine so i don't know how what exactly like the thought process that you're using there is Mm. but and i'm sure it also is uh fact contributed to the fact that there's guys not playing five on five so mm-hmm. they probably take waited to see who all wasn't going to play five on five in the combine. And then they're like, okay, this is the max number that we can take yeah. uh, from this camp to bring in to fill out our five on five teams. Yeah, that makes sense. And so then the combine starts tomorrow, Thursday, yeah. correct? Yep. yep, it does. Okay. Uh, I don't know exactly like when all the five on five starts and stuff, but yeah. it looks like everybody was there interviewing and everything. I want to say they usually start with uh, testing, don't they? Yeah, they like do. Like measurements and yeah. stuff. I feel like it's probably like sometime during the day on Friday mm-hmm. they'll start playing the games. Yep. And I assume they'll be on TV. I don't know. I haven't really looked at that stuff yet. But mm. you'll at least be able to see Mariel. THD obviously isn't I'm going to be. Sure, sure it will be streamed online somewhere as well. For sure. So, yeah, keep an eye on that this weekend. Uh, it'll be fun to, to follow those guys. Uh, other big news in the state. Sports betting is now legal in the state of Iowa. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. It sounds like they want to get it completely rolled out by the time football starts. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you've been going through your friend for bets recently, you can no longer you don't have to do that anymore. Or if your friend is just betting, you can make sure and let them know. Yeah. That hey, this is what you can do now. Yep. So do you see yourself making more bets now? I might make the occasional wager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you I always every year during football season it's like I I would do it for like a week and then I'll have one bad day 
or it'll be I'll do it for a week or maybe like two or three weeks. Yeah. I'll have one bad day and then there'll be one beat that I'm like I'm done. Yeah. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. And and it, by no means am I like betting big money, you no. know. I'm maybe putting five dollars down yeah. on some stuff. But it was like I remember last year I think it was the Akron game, the week of the Akron game. It was the and if I'd have to look at the schedule, but I think that was the same day as the Iowa Wisconsin game. Mm-hmm. And I went I missed that Akron game by like a couple points. Uh Missed the missed another game by a couple points, and then the Iowa Wisconsin game. I had Iowa, and they gave up the touchdown at the end of the fullback, uh, <laughs> yeah. and it was just like the worst beat ever. And I was, I was like, I'm done, I'm not doing it anymore. And it only took me a couple weeks, and I was like, I'm out, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not doing it anymore. And that's the thing. Like, if, even if it's not a huge loss, if it's it's the manner that you lose sometimes. Right. Well, and I was talking to uh, my buddy Austin Hurst about this. We um, we've been known to share some wagers with each other from time to time mm. and we uh we were talking about what the first one we would make is uh i'm thinking i might just throw five on the clones to win the title just do that every year it's I, like one year this is gonna hit and are you thinking big 12 or national win the national title okay i was i was gonna suggest that a, a solid bet that i would place that wouldn't be too unrealistic would be to take the clones to win the big 12 yeah i don't know if there'll be like that do they do it bets like that uh, Will they do bets like that? I don't know, I guess. it's a good question. Maybe they, I should just start throwing – I'll just throw five on Iowa State, five on Nebraska every year to win their respective conferences, and maybe I'll lose $10. I'll <laughs> consider that just uh, supporting the economy. Yeah. And if I win, then I'll be like – I'll be doubly happy. Yeah. You know? And, you know – Because realistically, it probably wouldn't happen. But it's it's like if it when it does happen, yeah. if it does happen, then I just get to be like, damn, now I'm rich. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you get good enough odds, then even if you bet $5, then you'll win it back eventually, hopefully, right? Right, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think I'd do that. Like, I would do futures, that kind of thing. I would probably do some, like, MVP type stuff for the NBA. And yep. then I would do win totals. Gotcha. That would be the thing I'd probably, the things I'd be most likely to do. Yep. I just have gotten very jaded on the betting on games. Yeah. I, it, especially with college basketball, I feel like. Yeah. There were a couple of times last year, especially with Iowa State. Like, yeah. was it the Oklahoma game that was super, like, the um, officials didn't wave off a shot? Oh, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that ruined a lot of people's day. Right. Ooh. When it was, uh, yeah, I think it was a, a two-point line or something they made a three right at the end yeah man that was brutal yeah so i'll yeah i'll probably do some on just some of those futures and stuff because it's like and with that you're not you're like putting the money down at one time and it's like okay now i just sit and wait for it yeah you know and you you just keep an eye on it for a while consider it, it feels like more of an investment rather than like an immediate loss yeah you lose it, you know? right exactly and dude like in the nba those win totals are almost always like right on yeah with what uh with what the numbers are. I feel like someday we'll, we'll get more insight as to like exactly how Vegas sets lines. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure there's information out there for to do more research about how they do it. But like they've, sometimes they're so on that it's crazy. Yeah. Like they have to have Michael J. Fox back from the future. Like, it, like stored <laughs> in the back the encyclopedia. room. Padded off. Like he's, he, yeah. he's bubble wrapped in there somewhere making picks or picking the lines. The, uh, what is it that, that it's called? The encyclopedia, sports, yeah, sports, the sports almanac. almanac he had yeah. was, uh, it's just like in inside like a gold plated room yeah. uh, on a pedestal mm. every, and every week they go in and pull the book out and make the lines. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be something else. They're like, Oh yeah, this year, the Cyhawk rivalry, they're going to finish with 47 points. Let's set the, set the line at 46 and a half. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> 
are you, what's uh, what's the first wager you're gonna make? Uh, honestly, it probably would if it's if it's possible, I would do the clones to win the Big Twelve uh, title. I'm just interested. I've been to the sports book once, and it was in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just interested to go and experience it because when I went it was in the middle of July and it was the summer league going on it's mm-hmm. summer league in baseball in the WNBA uh I my me and my friend Ryan Grove we uh put a parlay it was like a G League game uh a WNBA game and a baseball game and it was like we bet like ten dollars to win like a hundred and something yeah and I think the only thing that missed was the WNBA game and we missed by like two points man yeah, that's that's one where it's like you're, you're sitting there watching the game, and then it doesn't quite happen. And you're right. just like heartbroken, man. Yeah. Ah. No. Yeah, that was that was fun. But uh, yeah, I'm, like I'm just interested to go on a Saturday and watch college football and sit in the sports book and just experience it. You that, know? that would be so much fun. But unfortunately, I, I probably won't be able to join you because of uh, factors you can probably guess. You're single and I'm not. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That would that would be doubly bad because we well, don't have to bet. You no, can just hang well, out. Well, yeah, I know, but still at the same time, it's like dedicating an entire weekend day to watching college football in a, in a casino. That's another on top of betting. That's like those are whole separate issues. I mean, two strikes already. Just say that. She, like, just tell her you're like, I'm just gonna go be a guy being a dude. <sighs> Throw away money on sports. I get and, like and I, watch football. I get like one or two guy being a dude days a year. So, so you really gotta. I gotta really gotta take advantage of them. Yeah. I okay. Do. Okay. Yeah. I get that. Then that's fair. Um, all right. So that's that. The NBA draft lottery was last night. Probably one of the more shocking. Yeah. Or more climactic ones in recent memory. I was actually watching it play out live, and I like usually one team jumps up into the top four. Right. That isn't supposed to. But this year there were three that had lower odds that got into the top four. Yeah, and when the Lakers didn't come up at 11, I think everybody was in full conspiracy mode. Yeah, Where they're like, oh, my God, the NBA is at it again. Everyone's all up on LeBron. Right. Getting cozy with LeBron. Yeah, it's just like the frozen envelope envelope is back. Yeah. They're they're ready to go. They're ready to, to, um, you know, send Zion to Los Angeles. Yeah. And when they – when I first saw the, the final four, because I didn't watch the first 10, I was doing something else. Mm-hmm. And I turned it on and they had the final four. And I was like, yeah, I can already see how this is going to go. The yeah. Knicks are going to get two and the Lakers are going to get one. Mm-hmm. And it'll just be. Or, or vice versa. Yeah. And it'll just be, you know, everybody will be in complete uproar where uh, the, the two biggest markets ended up with the number one and number two pick. Yep. And then when they, the Lakers got four, I was like, hey, well, Still better than what they could have had. That's like, yeah. they're already the winners in that sense. Uh, then the Knicks got three, and I was like, man, everybody in oh. New York is going to be pissed. Yeah. And then it was like you start to realize who got number one and two, and you're like, oh my goodness. Yeah. This small is, market teams. Yeah, small market teams. And I was just reading a thing from Dan Wetzel where he's talking about if the NBA is rigged, then why are they so bad at at rigging it? Yeah. Because <laughs> they went and gave the top two picks and the two best players in the draft to the two least valuable franchises in the league. Yeah, man. I, I mean, do you think that Anthony Davis is going to end up staying in New Orleans or do you think he's going to no, be traded? I don't think so. think so? I think yeah. he's just dead set on it, you know? So basically it's going to be the Zion show down in, in, in New Orleans. Yeah, I saw that they already sold like 3,000 season tickets today. Wow. Just for 
since they announced that. Yeah. And so on top of being the the awesome player that he'll end up being, there's a ton of marketing value that comes with Zion. Well, that's what I was listening to somebody. I think it was Ryan Rosillo the other day. And that's what he was talking about, where it's like, it doesn't matter like what the rest of your team is like. Immediately when you get Zion, you go from being essentially irrelevant to having a star to having a guy that that they're going to put on TNT on Thursday nights to having someone that when your team goes on the road, people are going to watch you, your team because they want to see that guy, you know, and Anthony Davis was like that, but it's just, everything's been so crazy with him. Yeah. And and, and there's the novelty of a new, a new player. Right. Right. Yeah. And Zion is just, I mean, it's, it's where if even a casual sports fan, if you say the, the name Zion, they know who that is. You Zion know? Griffin. Yeah, yeah, Zion <laughs> Griffin, exactly. Uh, but that's that's my thing is immediately the Pelicans are going to become exponentially more interesting than they were before. And that and they were already pretty interesting just because of the entire Anthony Davis thing. Yep. And I think, too, this is the thing I was like, Ross, I was on the radio with Ross today, and he asked me what, um, if there was a conspiracy, what could it have been? And I, I was like, well, Maybe this is the NBA saying to superstars, don't force your way out of cities because we're going to reward the city and not reward you, mm, you know? It could be. Where Anthony Davis has been do- trying so hard to force his way out and then the karma gods, the, the karma gods, quote unquote, shine down on New Orleans and give yeah. them the number one pick and possibly the most transcendent number one pick since uh, Anthony Davis. Yeah, exactly. So to follow up about the Knicks, do you think that – Zion not landing there influences Kevin Durant then? No, probably not. Yeah. I th- I think that these guys that are in the league already, they know what they're going to do like before. That's where it was crazy. I saw on Twitter after Kawhi made his shot on Sunday where everybody's like, man, maybe he'll stay in Toronto now. And I was like, dude, if he hadn't made up his mind to stay in Toronto in the last eight months, I don't think it, that making this one shot was going to be the thing that did it. Yeah, that's a little bit different though. I mean, you can have that kind of shot really anywhere as long as you're not going to bottom tier team. Right. You know? Which I can't imagine he would. No. But, I mean, the, the chance to get to play with a generational talent like Zion, I mean, that doesn't come across every year. True. Know? I think if KD's leaving, it doesn't have anything to do with who he's going to play with. That's fair. He's just going to – because he he's wants. KD. Yeah. And he's going to go and he's, like, doing it because he's, like – screw all the haters that said that I was just going to win. Now I'm going to go get my own team and I'm going to suck, but I'm going to get all my money and I don't care. Yeah. And then he'll get there and be like, damn, I shouldn't have left the greatest team in yeah. the history of basketball. Honestly. Yeah. If, if I, I mean, and again, I'm not him and I am not making millions of dollars in all this, you know, stuff, but at the same time, he's got a real nice spot where he is right now. Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, they could, they could theoretically win probably five more championships easily. Oh, at least. Yeah, at least. I mean, they're basically, they'd be the like Boston in, Celtics in, 2.0. In their window of competing time, yeah. The thing that I will say is that franchise will never be his. No. I mean, it's always going to be Steph's. Yeah, because he was there first. Steph's city, yep. you know. And I can just imagine that the way that they're playing right now just eats at him. Where he's like, man, screw you guys. Yeah. Like, they don't even need me. Yeah, they are playing really well. They look like the, I mean, they look like the Warriors before Kevin Durant came on. I was just going to say, it, once Kevin Durant got hurt, it finally, like, clicked with, like, it just, there was a moment where it clicked in my brain, and I was like, damn, that stinks. 
now the Warriors have to rely on the core of the team that won them 73 games in the regular season. Man, what are they going to do? Man, really down their luck these days. Right. <laughs> that stinks for the Warriors. Yeah. They just got to lean on the guys that put together the greatest regular season in the history of basketball. Mm-hmm. How, you feel bad for them, yeah. you know? Speaking of feeling bad. I hate to see them fall down on hard times like that. Speaking of feeling bad, how bad do you feel for the Chicago Bulls getting pick number seven? I don't feel that bad for the Chicago Bulls yeah, in any either. sense of the... <laughs> I've seen a lot of uh, Iowa-based Bulls fans be like, yeah, I'm finding a new team this year just because the Bulls have been so incompetent. Yeah, Chris, I mean, has been a, you know... Yeah, he's... Has I mean, been a long time. He's uh, the, the chief uh, example for sure. Right. Very vocal former Bulls fan. Yeah. And, I, yeah, this is the same thing where it's the karma. The Bulls have been doing everything wrong. <laughs> And then they end up with the – and they keep doing everything wrong, and then you don't get any luck. You're like, nothing good is going to happen to you if you keep doing everything wrong. The yeah. only time that's ever been proven to be false is when the Cavs kept winning the lottery, and then they still kept messing it up. Yeah. And what, what's what's the name of the guy? Is it David Griffin? Or yeah, David Griffin. Yeah, he's he's on New Orleans now. Yeah. Yeah, he gave Alvin Gentry the tie that he wore for the two that they won. Yeah. So, obviously, that tie has magic powers. Right. Man, don't put David Griffin in the lottery anymore. That's what the NBA needs to do. Yeah. Hopefully they can he can get Zion and they can get really good so that he's <laughs> not in the lottery. That's what everybody's hoping. Yeah. Like, man, screw you, David Griffin. Get out of here. Yeah, he gets the one, number one pick no matter what, man. First he got LeBron, and now he's got this lucky magical tie that always is winning in the lottery for him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anything interesting to you from the playoffs? Um, anything else besides Kawhi shot? I mean, I, cu- I couldn't believe that that was the, the first game seven buzzer beater ever in NBA playoff history. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that seems incredible to me just because there's been so many playoff series in the history. Right. Well, and I was talking to my buddy about this yesterday where, when they said that Seth and Steph Curry are the first brothers to ever play in each other in a conference finals. Really? And I was like, man, that's hard to believe. Yeah. Just, and it's not even because where it's like you got to have two guys that genuinely play, but just to have two brothers that are on teams that happen to play each other. Yeah. You know, that's what I said. I, I was like, there's not a lot of brothers in the NBA. Yeah. If you think about it. Mm-hmm. And we, that ended up in us look, looking up a list of brothers that have played in the NBA, trying to figure out when else that would have been. But, I mean, off the top of my head, like they still got Marcus and Markeith Morris playing these days, but they've neither of them have been on that great of teams. Yeah. I mean, there's those two, there's the Lopez brothers. Yep. There's the Plumleys. Yep. There's uh the the Teagues, um, man, I don't know. I so when I was thinking about it last night, I listed <laughs> off a bunch of them. But even even these day, like these days, yeah, you just listed off what four or five, right? Right off the top of your head. Well, and when we looked it up, when we looked up the list, there was um, it was almost always where it'd be like what Steph and Seth are. There would never be like like there's not that many of them where it's like the Lopez brothers or the Morris twins. Where like the Morris twins, both of them are just solid. Yeah. You know, neither one of them is by any means a superstar. Lopez brothers, Brooke was pretty good for there for a while, but for the most part, it's just been where it's like two guys that are just solid, you yeah. know, can be a good role player for you. Yeah. And, uh, but then more often than not, it's like where one guy is really, really good. And then the other guy is just, okay. Is, is like a role player, yeah. you know, where it's like Steph is the greatest shooter of all time. And then Seth Curry is just like a good player off the bench. Yeah. Like George Gervin's brother played in the NBA, and he like no matter what he ever did, he was always just going to be George Gervin's brother. Yeah, you know, I, I was gonna say I, the I, Ice Man. I didn't know that that was possible, or that he had a brother. So. Yeah, I don't know. There was a bunch of them that I was like, man, I didn't know he had a brother. <laughs> yeah, was, there was one family that had four kids playing the NBA. Like, and were they all in the NBA at the same time? 
I don't know. I didn't look that deep into okay. it, but it just had their family where it was all, there was four of them. That'd be, that'd be pretty incredible as if there were four brothers in the NBA from the same family at the exact same time. That would be remarkable. Like, man, got to harness that, that talent. Right. They got a yeah. that gene pool, that, that, that gene pool. The, the NBA needs to take those parents and like save their, uh, <laughs> reproductive, yeah, save their uh, reproductive, uh, whatever it Parts. is yeah, like freeze them just to yeah. keep regenerating a new generation of basketball it's almost players. like a like a horse breeding situation exactly you don't want to go too far that you know down that path exactly yeah. yeah test tube basketball players exactly um all right so are we good on that yep take a quick break do some hot not you don't have mailbag questions this week do you nope all right sounds good we'll be right back uh, on the Cycling Fanatic Podcast Network. Hey guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time. How can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers and everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time and I went to Ames Eye Care and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care. And you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife. Anything. Personalized eye care. Designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. Welcome back to Stands and Fits in the Carl Chevrolet Studios. Presented by the Professional MBA Program. The Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Time for Hot and Not. You can go first. All right. Iowa State golfer Trip Kinney is my hot this week. Uh, the junior from Waukee captured medalist honors at the NCAA Louisville Regional, Regional with a three-day total of seven under par, and he's now going to the NCAA championships. So good job, Trip. They way didn't to, make the – Way to represent. Make it as a team, though, did they? No, and uh, I believe it was last year that they made it as a team. Yeah. Um, uh, but they lost one or two really good guys, okay. I believe. Well, um, cool. But yeah, good for him. It's awesome to see a, a player from the from the metro. You know, Where's he, where do you go to school? Waukee. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. I, you must have said and that. It, I didn't hear you. No, yeah, it, I did. But um, anytime that a, a golfer from Iowa, you know, homegrown talent, can do something awesome like that, makes it even cooler. Awesome. Well, congrats, Trip. Yep. I wonder if Trip lives on Trip Street. Good question. He should. He could. I mean, I, lots of students live on Trip Street. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Shout out to Trip Street. It's a cool place. Um, my hot this week. So last week we were talking about bands, talking yes. about concerts. Mm-hmm. I told you about how I wanted to go see the Backstreet Boys in Kansas City. Yep. It came to my attention over the weekend. So this is a, another part of the story. I'm going to Oregon in July okay. with my mom and dad because mm-hmm. that's where my dad's from. Go see my grandma, go see the fam, all that kind of stuff. And... My mom told me this weekend that she heard me on the podcast talking about the Backstreet Boys and that she that led to her wanting to just like look it up and see what the tour dates were like. Yeah. The Backstreet Boys are going to be the, in Portland on July 30th. I'll be there from the 23rd to the 1st. No way. And she told me that and I was like, oh my gosh, that's Dude. almost like, that's... That's destiny. I was just say, that's destiny. Like that's an act of God. Yeah. That... And what, I'm, I'm going are, to see the Backstreet Boys in Portland on July 30th. Wow. Congratulations. I'm so excited. Do they have any opening acts or anything like that? I no. have no idea. Mm. I don't care. Doesn't all I matter know is that Backstreet's back. <laughs> yeah, you're going to see the Backstreet Boys, and that's all that matters. I'm so stoked, dude. That should be fun. Yeah. 
So uh, other other question regarding your Oregon trip. Are you like have you got have you been out there before and have you like been to Oregon's campus or anything like that? Uh no, I've never been to Eugene. Okay. But I think I've been to Corvallis before. Gotcha. I don't know. I've been there a handful of times. Gotcha. Uh but my dad lives he was born like right outside of Portland uh in one of the suburbs. And so. then r- remind me I cuz I I don't have Oregon geography off the top of my head, but is Portland near the coast or is it more inland? Uh it's like yeah, I mean, it's kind of near the coast. It's not okay. like not right, like right, right on the it. ocean. No, it's for to get to the ocean, like from my grandma's house is like an hour and a half or two hours, I okay. think, if I remember right. So it's within driving distance, but at the same time, it's not like you're sitting on sand. Yeah, you're closer to the mountains. Yeah. I mean, you can walk out my grandma's door and see Mount St. Helens. That's cool. Yeah, she actually lives in St. Helens. Oh, so nice. that's like, yeah, that's where my dad grew up and everything. Awesome. But it's like a... 45 minutes to Portland. Or I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard it's just beautiful out there. Oh, it's awesome, dude. Yeah. yeah it's a really cool place. The, I like Oregon because it's because of what you're just saying, where you can drive a couple hours and go to the ocean. You can drive and go to the mountains. You can drive and go to like the middle of the nowhere woods mm-hmm. and just be out far away from anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's cool. Or it's just a lot of different definitely topography. A very versatile place to, to, to visit. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, Portland's a cool place. Eugene's like in the middle of the state, I Is think. It? Yeah, and Portland's like in the northwest mm-hmm. corner where it's closer to Washington. Yep. So yeah, that's what, I'm, good. that's what I'm going to do this summer. I'm going right. go to go to Oregon, come back with hopefully some good stories from Oregon, visiting my family. Yeah, you're going you're to have to do a Backstreet Boys concert review. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you you already know that I will be like fangirling over the... Yeah. Over the Backstreet Boys. You might have to do some kind of column relating relating Iowa State football to the Backstreet Boys. Some kind of preview. I could probably do that. <laughs> Chris and I need to do like a back and forth on NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. There you go. Because that, that's one of our great rivalries is the <laughs> the best boy band of all time. I mean, after the after the NBA combine and draft are gone, it's basically completely off season at that point. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to bring the Saturday pod back here before too long, I think. That'll be good. I mean, Chris will just start talking about some random stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, what's your not this week? My not this week? Fox, unfortunately, plans to play its big college football games at 11 a.m. on Saturdays this fall. And I thought that was a, a little bit interesting. It's um, probably because of the their pregame show. Yes, I believe I read that. Another Another – um, reason that I could see them doing that is because I wonder if just because all the other big games are like, you know, on ABC mm-hmm. and ESPN late at night, I wonder if they just don't really want to compete. Well, one thing I think is interesting though, they must know that even if they played at 11 a.m., they're still going to get viewers. They're, they're going to get viewers. Think about some of the other games that get played during that time slot. The Red River Shootout. Yeah. The game. Yeah. Ohio State, Michigan. They And obviously those are two of the more marquee ones in all the entire college football season what i would guess is that basically that game will be like the biggest big 12 or big 10 game every week yeah because they're not going to play a pac-12 game at nine o'clock in the morning you know (laughs) no so even if they're if it's usc and oregon or both and both teams are in the top 15 i would imagine that would still be at nighttime but they would just send their number one team you know that makes sense i would think too It'll be, I think it would be, it'll be cool for them to have their pregame show and then it goes right into a big game. Yeah. Like think about when you, some of those times I where mean, you'll be watching game day yeah. and it'll go from game day to where it's like Northwestern and Maryland and there's, you know, 10,000 people in the stands. Yeah. 
I mean, exactly. It's just like, oh, I'm going to flip the channel and see what else is on at that right, point. Right, right. And it, it just feels really anticlimactic. And, you know, as from a from a I'm watching on TV standpoint, I, I do agree that, uh, like, making a good game go at 11 a.m. is actually kind of nice. Mm-hmm. But it, at the same time, if, if Iowa State-Texas rolls around and both of those teams, like, are still in the hunt for the title and that gets put at 11 a.m. just because it's on Fox. It'll suck for the people that are going to the game. Yeah. But, it, but I would think that for people that are at home – it would be nice to have it balanced out during the day, yeah. you know, where it's like, okay, cool. I get to watch a top 15 matchup between Texas and Iowa state at 11. Yeah. Then two 30, there's gotta be some good game at two 30, probably an sec game will be on CBS. Yep. And then at night, obviously you've got, uh, you'll have the ABC game of the night. You'll have Notre Dame's always playing at night. Now Like yep. you can find something that would be good at nighttime. Agreed. So yeah, good news for TV watchers, bad news for tailgaters. Yeah. I would say. I will say, though, if Iowa State's getting the 11 a.m. game on Fox, like Big Fox, I don't think anybody can be upset about that. That's a fair point because that's still a, a pretty dang big national audience. Maybe that'll be what the Seahawks game is. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. Would it be – it would be a big deal, like, if their show came to Ames, wouldn't it? Like, that'd still be cool. I mean, Matt Leinert and all those guys. Yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, it wouldn't be near as big as ESPN. Yeah, it, it wouldn't day. be college game day, but that's just because college game day is just like the yeah. brand, you know. But it, it would, it would. Urban be Meyer. He, yeah, I think he's gonna be on that show. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> so he'd get some booze. There we go. Get out and boo Urban Meyer for the Seahawks game. You know that he'd be talking about his Ohio guy Matt Campbell. I, I think they actually are friends from, or at least, yeah. Urban knows who Coach Campbell is. If yeah. I. No, correctly. I, I think I remember that. I think you're you're right. So, um, all right. But yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, my not this week. In one of the weirder stories that you're probably ever gonna heard here. I saw this. Uh, my not this week is playing basketball naked. There's a Florida man. It's always Florida men, but there's a Florida <laughs> man who was arrested and cited for public indecency after he was found playing basketball naked in a park. Uh, when the officer approached him, he claimed that it was because he, it improves his skills to play naked. <laughs> My comment, show me how he's wrong. Prove, prove me, prove to me that he's wrong. I do think that we need to put some scientific budget toward finding out if he's wrong. Think about all the things that like during the original Olympics that they were doing naked. <laughs> they, 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 I think they had something right back then. You know, I mean, I mean, if you think about it, there is less resistance. There's less resistance. You don't have clothing that could possibly, you know, maybe you're trying to get for, get a shot and like your shirt's just really constricting you. Like think of all those times where LeBron is like trying to like rip his Jersey because it's too tight. Yeah. Wouldn't have that problem if he, if everybody could just play sports naked. Yeah. But, but now, now you've got me envisioning LeBron playing basketball naked. Oh yeah. No, I'm not. (laughs) It would definitely greatly decrease viewership. (laughs) Or would it? I'm just saying, I'm just saying the quality of the product might go up, you know? Yeah. You'd see NBA games start getting near 200 points right. on a given night. Yeah. Like, KD already shoots, you know, 50%, 60%. Yeah, he'd probably get up there near 70. He's, he's probably shooting 70%, 75% from the field if uh, if he doesn't have a jersey holding him back. You, you make a good point. I'm just saying, maybe this guy is onto something. Like, maybe he's a visionary, and really he's becoming mocked. <laughs> but he's, just, you know, and, and all great ideas were uh, were mocked in their time. You're not wrong. Okay, so sarcasm aside, 
do we know did the did the report uh, it's linked right here say that he uh was under the influence of anything uh not that i saw okay. he could have been but i didn't see anything like see <laughs> okay, that well, noted there well yeah look at his look at his picture <laughs> oh yeah no that guy definitely would also have an advantage over over you because one he can always look at the hoop and he can always look <laughs> at you yeah he's, he's got one eye pointed at 11 o'clock and one eye pointed at uh three three o'clock yeah he he looks like he is having a rough time yeah it looks like he just got out of a uh, a prison brawl, essentially. Or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, shout out to him. I think put him in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. He's either uh, on the very bottom of the totem pole of IQ or at the very top. That guy, it, it was funny to read the comments to the initial tweet. It was like one of them said something like, uh, this guy goes and stands in front of the hole and says mouse in the house the entire game because uh, uh, no one even wants to guard him. So he just stands in the middle of the lane and everybody throws him the ball and he lays it up and in. <laughs> yeah, I could totally see that. Oh, man. All right. Never change, Florida. Yeah. Never for, change. It, I swear we could probably do a Florida man segment every week where oh, we just yeah. find like the craziest thing that someone did in well, Florida. Well, yeah, like like uh, what was it? A month or two ago there was that thing going around where you google Florida man and then your your birthday. Uh-huh. And then like supposedly basically everyone gets a a new a new story. Are you doing it right now? Yeah. All right. Florida man whatever your birthday is. Oh yeah, that's everybody does this. Uh which Florida man was, Which Florida man are you? Um, let me, let me Google on my phone real fast. Cause I'm, I'm curious. Florida man upskirts a woman at Burlington at Burlington Walmart. <laughs> oh, wow. Florida man, March 8. What's your birthday? Oh my gosh. Burling- Giovanni Verona, 44 of Hylia, Florida was arrested last week for allegedly placing his cell phone under a woman's dress to record a video without her knowledge. Oh man, man, that's like you get. There's a lot going on right there because not only is it Florida man, but it's Walmart too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm 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 looking through my results. A lot of mine are like are sites compiling the story of mm-hmm. you, you should do your birthday. But when I scroll down far enough, the first one is Florida man convicted of modern day slavery. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even that in the grand scheme of things that's not even that's not even one of the craziest that's things. not even that crazy but it's just bad oh yeah no that's horrible yeah like, i shouldn't have laughed that's not funny but it, it it that's just like so typical for the florida man thing yeah all right anywho uh time for pick four pick four this week i went with uh best tv and movie villains or at least four tv yeah movie villains favorite no, or your maybe even your most hated TV movie yeah. villains. I think could be a good way it could, of putting it, could, it. It could really be any of those. You can go first. All I right. think I went first last week. Yep. Um, do you want to go all four? Or do you want to? Yeah, let's just week? do all four. Okay. Uh, starting number four. My number four is Jigsaw from the Saw movies. Have you seen the Saw movies? I've seen a couple of them. Okay. I'm not a huge scary movie guy. Yeah, that's all right. Um, so essentially, what I like about Jigsaw is that what makes a, a villain good and compelling to me is when they have like a a fairly good motivation behind why mm-hmm. they're evil in their villain. And basically this guy has like gone through some crap and he just wants to get to the point where he is teaching people to appreciate life. And that's why he's putting them through these torture devices. Cause he like life is a choice is basically what he's trying to get at. 
And so that's what makes... Man, they must have explained that in one of the side movies I didn't see. That's, yeah. Well, th- like, th- I want to I say they've come out with, what, like seven or eight side movies at this point? At least, yeah. And I think in, like, three or four, that's where they really started getting into Jigsaw himself. Okay. So if you, if you stopped at two or three, then that might be why. I think I just saw the first one, actually. Okay. Now that I think about it. Yep. I watched uh, my friend Nick Sloan. He introduced me to the Saw movies like a year ago, and we watched all of them in the span of probably a couple months. So, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed Jigsaw. So, all right. You enjoyed him, or you just... Uh, I, enjoy, I enjoyed watching him do his thing. Okay. But I'm very glad that he is not real, and I do not know him in real life. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's probably a good way to put it. My number three, uh, Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards. Have you seen Inglorious Bastards? I have, yeah. Yeah, I just really like uh, Hans Landa. Or Hans, 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 yeah, Hans. Hans. Isn't Hans. that the same guy that plays the uh, the doctor in uh, Django? Uh, yes, uh, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, yep. I feel like he plays like he's like a very specific yeah character actor. I would say he, it's kind of a, an eccentric uh, yeah personality, but yeah, he just does a really good job of being charming while also being very ruthless, sinister. Yeah, yeah. sinister. Number two for me, the Joker. I don't. We've kind of covered talked about the Joker a lot. Joker yeah. on the podcast a lot. So, yeah. But specifically in my mind, it's the Heath Ledger version. Um, not much needs to be said there. Number one for me, big Star Wars fan, going with Darth Vader. I knew you were going to do Darth Vader. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of expected you that you would know that I would. Yeah. Um, Darth Vader, man. A- again, another thing that makes me love Darth Vader is that even though he, like in in the original trilogy, if you look at them him, themselves, like. He was very menacing and just a, a presence in those movies. But if you look at the entire arc of Anakin Skywalker, it's more of a tragedy, and that's what makes Darth Vader such a good villain. Well, Andy's, you know, comes back in the end, like he's, yeah, he, he finds the light again. Yeah, and and I think that paints Darth Vader in a, a different light than people who are just purely evil. Like he he was once good, turned bad, and was very bad, right? And then came back good at the very end, right? Uh, yeah, that. Like, well, one of the mine from that I'm going to talk about kind of is not like that, where it's just like, <laughs> he's just always bad. Yeah. Uh, all right. So mine, number four, uh, the smoking man from the X-Files. Have you watched the X-Files? I have not. So you'll have to fill me in on this. Well, he's just, you know, the basic premise of the X-Files? Uh, it's like freaky stuff. Yeah. They're, it, it's like FBI agents. Unexplained. That, unexplained phenomena. Yeah. yeah. And so the smoking man basically is the guy who has been in charge of like covering everything up for all this time about aliens and all that kind of stuff. And he's just super, you don't really hardly ever know anything about him. And he's only in scenes for just a little bit. And you can hardly like see his face. They'll always just show like silhouettes and stuff where it'll be like one line. And he's just constantly smoking. And it's uh, just, that's just what he is. He's so just then, like this guy, like a, a menacing figure that's always around. So is he ever revealed? At any oh point? yeah, no. Like he eventually, you know, you start to see more of him. You start to understand more of his motivations, and I don't know. That show is just really weird because there's been. I mean, then they you know took like a twenty year break and came <laughs> back, and the they've made movies and stuff where the I don't know the canon kind of fluctuates. Like there's been a couple different times where I thought he was dead, and then all of a sudden uh, he's back. You know. So he's, he's he's such a good character that they had to keep bringing him back. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, that's my number four. My number three, uh, Ray Kinsella's brother-in-law from Field of Dreams. Very evil. What an asshole. What a like, dick. Like, that guy's a complete dickhead the entire movie. Yeah. I mean, there, there's there's evil villains, and then there's 
dickhead villains. Yeah. And he's a dickhead. And that guy villain. is just a complete dick. I can't, what's his name? What? I can't even remember. Oh, man. Um, Don't ask me that question. You got to sell the farm, Ray. Yeah. You got to sell the farm. And then he basically almost murders Ray's daughter. I know. Push, yeah. Pushed her off the freaking bleachers. What a, what a, what a maniac. Yeah. Like, and the crazy thing, this is what's so ridiculous to me about, like, if you really want to go in deep on why Field of Dreams is kind of a crazy movie, uh, for them to build that baseball field, like, how, how much do you think they really, not like, that how much. much corn did they really pull up? Like, maybe two acres? Like, I don't, I don't know yeah. exactly how much an acre is. Not, but probably like, not even. But no, like, maybe one acre, you know? That's what I'm saying, where it's, yeah. you're not losing that much money from just, like, pulling up this amount. And he acts like Ray just went and plowed through his entire field, all of his land. Like, he took all his corn out. Yeah. And it's like, you're, and you're just kind of like, Dang, dude. I like, bet, I bet, ch- chill out, man. I bet some farmer who also has a blog or is a baseball fanatic has at one point calculated how, how much uh, more revenue that the Kinsellas could have made. Oh, I guarantee they have. How, how, much how much money? How much money? I'm sure we got farmers listening to this who could just rattle it off. Like, how much would basically two acres of corn actually net you at the end of a year? Uh... Man, there's got to be somebody who answered this question. If not, then we have to be the first. Yeah, we got to, like, I feel like we need to find this out. Yeah. Oh, this says, Ray was losing no more than $5,000 from maintaining his field of dreams. Which, that's a good amount of money. Yeah, it's, it's a solid chunk, but at the same time, are you going to lose your farm over 5000 to know. we need to know how much, how much land was Ray... How, in possession of, like, how much yeah. land did he have? I mean, that's true. Like, because what was what we saw? I mean, this field looks rather expansive. Though. They 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 had aerial shots in that movie, especially like when he's first walking through the the field, right. and he like, oh yeah, uh, or what's what's the first the first uh, whisper that comes on? If you build it, he will come. Yeah, if you build it, he will come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you can see that he has probably at least I would say twenty acres just from that shot. Yeah. Uh, Cause he's like far away when he can see the baseball, the vision of the baseball field. Yeah. You know? And at the end of the movie, they even zoom out even further and you can see that line of cars. Right. And it's like, I know that's probably not all his land in the movie, but at the same time, like a, a big chunk of it probably yeah. is. I just think that that guy was very, Mark, Mark is his name. I think he was very, uh, just very overreactionary, yeah. you know? And he was just being an ass for no reason. Honestly, I think, cause, cause Mark, uh, let's see, he's in-law, right? Yeah. 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 So I, th- I think that Mark, when when Ray and his wife got married, I think that Mark didn't approve of Ray. That That's what would be my guess, too. Like, yeah. this California, like, went to Berkeley and all this yeah. stuff. He probably went to Iowa. And he's just yeah, like, look at, this, look at this coastal elite yeah. out here moving to Iowa, yeah. you know? And uh, Eastern Iowa Hawk fan. Right. Uh, it's also weird, too, because once he finally sees the baseball players, he, like, looks out at the field and he's like, where do all these baseball players come from? <laughs> and Annie takes him inside and then he just like never comes back. Wouldn't you think that if you saw these baseball players, you would be like, I'd be like, I can't leave this field. Right. Like I need to go back and see, investigate this again. Like what's going on. And then all of a sudden he's just gone for the rest of the movie. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I've seen it. Now I can go on with my life. No, I'd be like, wow, these are, these are ghosts. This isn't a normal thing. I got to take this in. Well, and he so quickly turns, he's like, don't sell the farm, right? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know that guy, that guy just really bothers me. I got some problems with him. Yeah. I'm there with you. My number two is uh, Sid from Toy Story. Very good pick. Just another guy who's like pure evil, mm-hmm. you know? Like you can see where Sid is going to have a really 
hard time in life. Yep. Um, on the topic of Sid, did you? I don't know if you ever noticed this or was aware yeah, where of he's it. where he's the trash man. Yeah. 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 That was that was that was a real funny like Easter a, it's kind of an Easter egg. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean he, he's just pure evil from. I don't know how old he is, like 10. Mm-hmm. And he just looks like a, I mean, he's just a horrible human being right yeah. off the bat. Torturing toys is just the worst. Yeah. That guy's, uh, yeah, I'm really, I would be really concerned if I lived in that uh, like world, that rea- ult- like alternate reality of the Toy Story universe. Yeah. That Sid was going to do some very scary things to people in the future. He seems like the kind of guy who would grow up to be a serial killer. That's what I'm saying. He was going to be a mass murderer. Yeah. That, that almost just seems certain. Honestly, if he... And wor- do it in just very, very disturbing ways. I mean, if he's working in sanitation, then he can he can probably have access to a landfill. And you, you can bury a lot of bodies in a landfill. If they wanted to make uh, a spinoff Sid movie, <laughs> just like a really scary... Uh, animated movie See, they could that is a live action movie from Disney that I approve of right there <laughs> <laughs> the Sid spinoff yep no if the, if Disney did it like it would be a uh, it, it would turn into some sort of heartwarming story mm. whereas uh, see that you know, that's true so it's it, Disney has to sell the rights yeah to, to the Sid to the Sid uh, spinoff movie yeah I think they should let us produce this mm-hmm. this I think this is a, a job for us we, we yeah working script working. yeah uh, working idea. Yep. My number one, Lord Voldemort, uh, pure evil from beginning to end. Yep. All the way up to the moment when Harry Potter strikes him down uh, in the final Whoa, final spo- moments spoil- of the spoiler alert. All right. Yeah, it's been ten years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just like if Snape people kills Dumbledore too. If <laughs> yeah. You know that, by the it's way, it's like uh, every. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Voldemort, man. What a horrible guy. He was so bad that people didn't even want to speak his name. Yeah. That's how bad, because like, no, like even Darth Vader, people, pe- people said Vader. They never had, right. he who shall not be named in the Star Wars universe. Right. Well, that's what, that's the one different, that's the one thing I kind of don't understand about Star Wars. Like, what are they really all fighting over? You know, like the empire supposedly rules all this stuff, but there's so many planets and things like how to a normal person on these planets they probably really have no interaction in any way with the empire. The only people that are out there trying to oppose them are like the handful of rebels that are trying to take them down. Yeah, I don't know, man. I guess I guess the the whole the the star systems themselves don't have a hand in the democracy. Cuz like you know, you see in the prequels, uh, you know, as as uh whatever you want to say, controversial as they mm-hmm. were, like you could see the all the all the star systems represented in the, in the Senate, but then if that's done away with by the emperor, then, you know, planets don't get to have their say and what it happens. really just feels like it would be mass chaos yeah. you know like really what i wonder how much what the quality of life difference was between the empire and just like democracy in the in the past yeah i don't know i mean you're you're kind of right though from from for the normal middle class universe citizen i'm right. not sure how much would have changed right and then with with Voldemort, he's basically trying to take over the entire wizarding world. Yeah. You know? Basically, if you aren't a Voldemort supporter, then you are in danger. I would be... I would like for them to make a a movie of the... Uh, um, like, Fantastic Beasts, like, about the American wizarding world mm. in the time of Harry Potter. Because I want to know if they were concerned about Voldemort. It's a very good point. Because, I mean, obviously, Voldemort has that, like, that magic, like, teleporting right. ability. So, he, he could theoretically, like, teleport across an ocean. That's right? what I, yeah, that's what I mean. He, you would think that for as concerned as everybody was in Britain, was everybody that concerned everywhere? Yeah. Or was every, like, was it just really just Britain that I everybody mean, was so scared? Yeah. Because, I mean, if, if, with the Fantastic Beasts, 
obviously we've already been exposed to new york city and paris yeah now with so, and everyone knew about grindelwald with grindelwald yeah. like he he was world famous bad dark wizard maybe that's the mistake that grindelwald made is that he tried to spread his his web too wide mm -hmm. and that's why he was eventually able to be brought down that could, Whereas, that could be you know voldemort he just More, really tried to keep it contained he had his niche yeah yeah and we've know. really gone deep into this yeah the, the politics of of movies the motivations of these villains, the villains yeah uh tactics right. so that's that uh you got anything else that you need to say don't think so not don't need to say i could say more but no i don't want to okay glad that we cleared <laughs> that up talk to you guys again next week thanks for listening peace